Can I start off hot? Yeah, go ahead, man. Um, I, so I was in class all day from nine thirty to three thirty. So I had to get caught up on the uh, the takes out there today, and every single Super Bowl take I've heard has been fucking horrendous. It's all been horrendous. Elaborate, my guy. I want to hear it. I've been, I've been, I've been offline. Like, okay. Let me get. Let me start by giving the real takes here, right? The actual real take on this game is neither QB won or lost their team the game. Like, there's nothing that you can tell me either quarterback did to specifically win or lose their team the game. That's because football is an ultimate team sport, and this isn't five-on-five in basketball where one superstar or the best player makes a world of difference, and it's impossible to stop, right? So that said, both teams' QBs are the reason their teams are in this spot to begin with, right? So, like, greatness in football is so tough to measure because it's so easy to be like, oh, Wayne Gretzky's undoubtedly the best hockey player ever. Or Michael Jordan and LeBron are the two best we've ever seen. Or yeah. like uh, this dude, Barry Bonds is the best baseball player we've ever seen, right? Like it, it's very easy to do that. In baseball, you know, you probably get more of an argument there, but uh, Barry Bonds the goat. Um, it, there's just no thought put into anything. Like, last night after the game, I see Steve Young get on, and he starts shitting all over Mahomes. Well, he should have stepped up in the pocket. Well, Stephen A. Smith today said Mahomes can never be the GOAT now. And I get it, Stephen A. Smith, and I get it, Steve Young, after the game. But, guys, I watched the game, too, and uh, neither of those takes ever came close to my fucking brain. I I mean, from from my perspective, like, Mahomes – wasn't the reason the Chiefs lost the game. The reason the Chiefs lost the game is because they couldn't block anybody. And then from a play calling standpoint, they just fell in love with the deep shots and they just didn't have time to buy those said deep shots. They wouldn't they wouldn't dump it down low and they wouldn't run the football. As simple as that. It wasn't on Mahomes. So, well Mahomes threw two picks. So what? So he was trying to make a play. Right. So the okay. Let's actually dive into this. So we all know the Chiefs were missing their two starting tackles. If you listen last week, I said that was the reason I'm picking Tampa Bay to win because they were missing both starting tackles. And it's very difficult to win in football when two of the, most, two of the three most important positions on your offense are out. But there's another layer to this that nobody has brought up today. They're missing actually four starting linemen. Four. Laurent Duvernay Tardif, Canadian doctor, Canadian hero, Laurent Duvernay Tardif. If I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. Opted out to go play, uh, not go play, to go be a doctor because he is a doctor to go fight COVID in his home country of Canada. Like, that's, that's big. That's your starting guard. He could have also potentially shifted over to tackle, right? Their yeah. backup center, Dan Kilgore, 
was the one in the barber chair when the COVID shit was going down. So he missed time. And I'm not saying the backup center is the end all be all, but that's probably, I should probably put that later on. Okay. So starting guard, Laurent Duvernay Tardif. They lost Kalichi Osemele, who was looking like one of the 10 best players at his position in football this year, earlier in the year, out for the season. That's two. That's both guards. Now, you lose all-pro Mitchell Schwartz, one of, if not the best right tackle in football, for the year midseason. That's three. Then, you lose Pro Bowl Eric Fisher. I got I to gotta ask my line guys if Eric Fisher's a bust or not, because... Number one pick in the draft in 2013, Eric Fisher, seven-year starter, made a couple Pro Bowls, but kind of hasn't lived up to the number one pick hype at the same time. Has been a very solid starter for this team for a long time. So discussion on him, but again, Pro Bowl tackle, lose him. So you're down four linemen. Again, I I don't know if I said it last week. I think I said it. Like Mahomes is going to have to be Herculean to win this game. And Mm -hmm. to be fair to Mahomes. He was fucking Herculean. Dude, okay. That throw. Which one? The one, you know. The, the Matrix one? We, yes, yeah, when he threw it 30 yards in the air. And he hit the fucker in the I, helmet. Dude, I, the, one, the, one, the one tweet I saw, the dude said, dude, that wasn't that impressive. I used to do that in Little League Baseball. One, if you did that in Little League Baseball, you were a god in Little League Baseball. Two, even if you did that, you threw it five feet the first. Okay, okay, that motherfucker okay, threw it 30 okay, yards down the okay, field. Okay. I don't want to hear let's, anything about let's that. Let's do the difference between, like, the only thing that could potentially hit you in Little League Baseball is the fucking dandelion in the outfield versus the 6'6", 290-pound angry man chasing Mahomes. Gee, I wonder which one's going to make you shit yourself, the dandelion or JPP? Like, uh, what Mahomes it, it did? A, it, it was a wild tweet. That's all I got to say. But you go on. I, I dare say that was the most impressive game I've ever seen from a quarterback. Mahomes in that Super Bowl. The shit he was doing was unfucking real. Dude, he put he put that one touchdown pass right on on. On uh, Tyreek's face mask, and he dropped it. That was an insane throw. That was the best throw of the night. He had f- that was nuts. He had four dropped touchdowns, I believe. Could have had five, but the four I'm thinking of are the one to Tyreek, which is forty yards and a touchdown. Right? He had mm-hmm. three on the same drive, three on back to back to back plays. One off Demarcus Robinson's hands, the one to the back of the end zone to Byron Pringle. My guy, Byron Pringle, who probably makes that catch if the ball doesn't hit the pylon in what would be the craziest shit I've ever seen. And then he does the Matrix, hits another fucker in the helmet. And, and like, what? Okay. I say this as someone. And, and Eagles, Eagles Twitter, uh, I'm an Eagles fan. You're all fucking delusional. If I see one more goddamn, oh, well... See, this is why Carson played bad because he didn't stop that it. That was not stop what Carson it. saw stop that it. year. That was not what stop Carson it. saw. Stop it right now. Mahomes <laughs> was doing shit that only Mahomes in the history of the league could do. He was bro. He did the matrix and threw a dot. A dot. <laughs> Thirty yards. Thirty bro. fucking yards <laughs> on the run. From, it actually might have been Vernon Goldston now that I'm thinking about it. Number 92 for Tampa. I think that was the guy pressuring him on that play. Like, 
The fi- fuck the physics. You don't. Nobody does that. The only person who might <laughs> be able... said, "Nah, the physics is the important part. Bro, That's not really possible for us. The, the, That's like some NCAA football shit. The only you get tackled and you launch that. Yeah, he, bro, you, you know the exact video I'm talking about where he's falling upside down <laughs> yeah. and red dots him for a touchdown. Bro, the only person who might be able to do that shit is Rodgers, and Rodgers ain't contorting the body like that. Like Aaron Rodgers." He, them years is behind him if he was ever going to do it. He got the arm to flick like that, but he's not going full 90 degrees on his side looking at the, the fucking world horizontally, seeing that the world is, in fact, not flat, the curvature of the surface line, and lasering that shit through three defenders. Like, that play was the encapsulation of, of Mahomes' night. He had a couple off-target throws early, but I did think he did a good... First of all, like, let me go back to the Eagles thing with Wentz real quick. I saw a season full of Carson Wentz, right? And I saw someone who, like, did not do that, to, to put it nicely. Um, let's call it Carson Wentz did that, except if doing that means doing the opposite of what Mahomes did. Uh, Mahomes had two picks, neither of which are his fault. The first one was double-tipped, I believe, hit a receiver, then a defender's hand, then Antoine Winfield Jr. caught it by making a great dive for it. That's not on the homes. We talked about this last week. Not all interceptions are quarterback fault. And the other one at the end of the game is just like, fuck it, dude. Like, that, that, it's just not going to matter. Yeah, that doesn't really matter. That doesn't try to force the ball in. Right. It, there's like, there's two minutes left. He's trying to get me the over. I, I get it. <laughs> but what he, like, he also threw the ball away in spots where Wentz would take the hit. I saw a clip of him on Twitter today against Dallas where he's just running around. Oh, my God, that was That was the – bro, I, I remember that play live, and I was just That's like, I dude. I, I was just like, dude, I could have threw that football away. Like, anybody in the world would have threw that me? football away. Yeah. This, motherf- this motherfucker, bro, I don't – the guy was running right at him. Like, he, like, where else were you looking bro, other than straight bro. at that point? You know who else could have fucking did that? Mr. T-Ball hero. He could have threw that shit away. Like, come the fuck up. Like, like, Mahomes actually had a couple where he just dropped back and just got it away. He, he just released it. I mean, there is... He's the best quarterback in the league. He's the best player in the league. Like, save me or Aaron Donald takes. I love Aaron Donald. He's fucking amazing. He's probably going to be one of the two best D linemen to ever do. It'll be him and Reggie White as far as D linemen. I'm counting Lawrence Taylor as an outside backer. But Mahomes. You know I'm a big AD guy. Yeah. I, I love AD. Mahomes is the most important player in the league. There is no bar. No, there is no question. It's bar none. It, it, he's the best. He threw for 270 with a, a grocery baggers platoon at offensive line. Like, these guys are like, Babadi Jones said they're from the fucking pie-eating contest. That's what, that's what he, they were. Like, I, I, gotta, I gotta get a lot out of my system here. Right. He was pressured on a Super Bowl record 57% of snaps. Mostly by four rushers. Mostly by four. So, yeah. explain to me, and, and I don't have the fucking stat, but for all the fucking box score warriors, Go out there and find me a quarter. How many? What is your like game likelihood of winning if you're pressured on fifty-seven percent of snaps? Because it sure ain't fucking high. Twenty-nine of fifty-two pass attempts with pressures. With pressures, that's just the Tampa Bay front four. Is it talking about Levante David or Devin White or Antoine Winfield Jr. or Jordan Whitehead 
or Sean Murphy Bunting or Carlton Davis or Jamel Dean. We haven't talked about the back seven yet. Bro, like, so, okay. That means 29 out of 52. Let's do some mathematics. 52 minus 29 is 23, I fucking hope. So that means you've got 23 passes to see what's going on. Now, how many of those (laughs) passes were screens? Because I know he missed the swing pass. I believe it was to Hardman in the first quarter when they were backed up after they got the stop. It was a screen. Like I don't know. It might have been Daryl Williams. Now I'm thinking about it. Not Hardman. He kind of like threw it back across. It was like a backside design screen. Um, He missed that. Okay, whatever. But that's a screen, right? Like that's not a downfield shot that he missed. So let's say 18 of those were like legit pass plays. And then you're basically telling Tampa Bay secondary like, yo, the pass rush, you, you've got 52 plays to stop Mahomes, right? Um, the pass rush got you on 29 of them. Like on 29 plays, your job is going to be 50% easier. So that means, let's say on like 20, oh, I'd say 20. Let's say three were like screens or dumb passes or whatever. You've got 20 plays to play lockdown coverage. And with as good as Tampa Bay secondary is, that's not a difficult ask. And I haven't said his name yet. I probably should have led with him. Todd Bowles called a phenomenal game. I'll get into the yeah. whole Tampa Bay defense in a mm-hmm. minute because I still want to get some of this Kansas City shit out of the way. But, like, when a defense is playing that well, and not just, like, one guy, but all 11, all 12, all 13, factoring in subs, you're not – you're not, ha- you're not going to go in with a very high chance of winning. The last stat I want to get to – oh, no. I got two more stats here, actually, about Mahomes. Mahomes ran for 497 yards before passes slash sacks in this game, which is most in a game this season, which means all the scrambling he did basically amounted to 500 yards before he got rid of the ball or he was sacked. That's fucking outrageous, <laughs> dude. Carson Wentz isn't doing that. Just stop it. No one's doing that. No <laughs> one's doing Lamar. Okay, yeah. maybe Lamar can run around, but Lamar is not as good as Mahomes. I love Lamar. We talked about Lamar. Lamar is revolutionary. He's game changing. This is not the Lamar Jackson podcast. Like 500, he ran five football fields before releasing the ball. Do you know how stupid that is? <laughs> He's running five football fields yeah. and finding the strength to do the matrix in the fourth quarter. He's, he's got three people on him. He put it in the back corner where only Byron Pringle could catch it. Byron got both feet down, caught the ball, got knocked out by the pilot. That's stupid. That's stupid. Patrick Mahomes is fucking amazing. Just spare me. Like, okay. If we made a list of the 15 reasons why the Kansas City Chiefs did not win the game, we would have to make three of those lists before we reach Patrick Mahomes as the reason the Kansas City Chiefs did not win the game. So enough of that. They scored nine points. I get it. He bears some responsibility there. I get it. Not like watch the fucking game. And, and if you if you can't watch yeah. the game and you, you can't reach that conclusion, I can't fucking help you. Listen to me. Just trust me, please. The last <laughs> stat, which was arguably the worst narrative I saw on Twitter today. Next Gen Stats tweeted out today yeah. that the Chiefs ran five linemen, aka empty protection, 92.3% of the time. Meaning they left, this was the narrative, 
They left no running back or tight end or, or help for the linemen. Uh, that's the third highest rate of empty protection since 2016. Now, you know why? Because I believe it was Mike Golick Jr. underneath who asked if they count chips and they count delay routes as protection options. And next-gen sets said they do not account for chip blocks or delays. They said if a player goes out for a route at any time, they are not counted as a blocker. Save me your women lie, men lie, numbers don't lie. Bullshit. You're pulling numbers out of your ass. This is like it's a bad look, fellas. Like that needs to be in the fucking <laughs> disclaimer. That's like saying this is the yeah. banana stat to justify what like shut the fuck up, man. Shut the fuck up. Like that's just not what happened. And you're putting out this information without context. And that's irresponsible. Right? Like you can't just say they left their tackles on an island because that's basically what the stat is saying because you, they didn't. I haven't watched the tape. I don't yeah. know the protection schemes, but protection yeah. ch- schemes change based on if tight ends have chip blocks. And I saw Kelsey chip a couple times. It depends on based if and 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 what and what really happened is like is that front forward they swapped places a lot too. So they they switched up who was rushing who. So on one side you would have JPP and you know, Sue, Shaq Baird on one, yeah, Shaq Baird on one side, or Sue and JPP on one side, or Sue and JPP in the middle. It was all different coverages so that they saw. V to V, he's six foot four, three hundred fifty pounds. He's a nose tackle. He's one of the better <clears throat> nose tackles in the league. They had him as an edge rusher in this game on multiple plays, and he was winning as an edge rusher at three fifty. That's unreal. Like that, to your point. They, they had, like, <sighs> okay, T- time to get back on track here because I, like, I just wanted to open up a- and give the, the actual take on Kansas City and that, like, bro, they just got beat, right? Like, if, yeah, if you made a point about running the ball and going to the quick game and that, that was, I, I think what they didn't that they failed to realize is that they needed those longer possessions that they had during that 49ers comeback. Like that 49ers comeback should have been the blueprint to this game because they ran. Right. So here's, here's, here's the difference though, right? They did very well running in the second half because Tampa went majority too high leaving, which is too high safeties for anyone who wants to feel included. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving, you know, a more favorable box. In the first half, okay, Todd Bowles had the best defensive run as far as coordination and calling defense since Wade Phillip coached the Broncos in 2015. That is the second best defensive coach. Not second best. I should not say that. It is a top two defensive coaching performance of the past 10 years. It's him and Wade Phillips. Like in the big game, like Seattle, they just they just kicked the shit out of Denver. I mean that that wasn't like schematic. They were just like, "Yo, we're fucking <laughs> yeah. better than you." So I, I don't really count that as like schematic. I count that as players playing their ass off. Um, twenty fifteen and twenty twenty one are the two years that I was really like, "Whoa!" The like Wade Phillips has this thing where he talks about uh, I forget what player it might have been Demarcus Ware. He said every year Wade Phillips 
has a game he calls it his his bum Phillips game because his dad was a defensive coordinator. And his dad passed uh, a few years back, and he said every year Wade comes in and he just says, yo, I'm using everything that I've ever learned on defense this game, and we're going to shut this shit down. Todd Bowles basically did that all playoffs. I mean, he was fucking masterful. And the thing about it is, is that Andy Reid, if you, like, I read a lot about how Kansas City was talking throughout the week, and I read a lot about how they talked pregame. Defensively, Kansas City's been a very physical secondary all year. Andy Reid had a quote during the week that said, it's the big game, they're going to allow you to be physical. So clearly, they coached all two weeks of practice to be physical. I don't mind that. It got mm-hmm. called in the Super Bowl. A couple of them, yeah, it was legit. A couple others, come on, man, it's the fuck Super Bowl. But, like, I, I can see why they would call it, right? Um, again, I-, I prefer to let them play, but it, it was, they, they um, as I stutter, the rest, uh, fucking Christ, can I say this? The officiating crew that worked this game, the Chief and his crew, they called 16 penalties per game this season, which I believe was league leading or close to league leading if I read that right. So the league knew what they were doing when they put out the, these officials. They knew it was going to be a tighter game. And, you know, maybe that is on Kansas City to some degree, expecting it to be a more physical game. Maybe you got to scout your refs too. Um, like that's just – if I was a coach, I would, I would think that to myself if, if I lost the game in that fashion. The other thing is – there are some – okay. I, I want to say there are some times you just get beat, but I want to talk about why that was the case here. Because the blueprint to beat Kansas City, they've literally won 25 of their last 27 games. Literally. So they're not a very easy team to beat, let alone beat by double digits. Mahomes has never been beat by double digits in the NFL until today. The reason it worked – is because Kansas City game-planned a lot for what they saw from San Fran and a lot for what they saw from New England when they got beat by New England in the 2018 AFC Championship game. That's what they game-planned for. They said, okay, this is what's on film that beats us, right? Todd Bowles came out and he said, okay, we're going to run like a little bit of disguise shit. And then we're going to do some of this. And like Todd Bowles is the reason the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won. There, I, I don't want to say there was nothing the Chiefs could do, but I'm going to use a really shitty example here. And nobody's going to want to fucking hear this, right? But I do think it does resonate with me. Um, I yeah. do a lot of Madden online leagues with uh, some pals, right? And our old buddy Jalil Norman, do he's, he's like my, my <laughs> biggest... Man, uh, my biggest franchise rival. Like we always meet in the playoffs. We always meet in the Super Bowl or the Super Bowl. We're usually always the two standing at the end, right? And what that means is we've played against each other in Madden probably over a hundred times. And I think I'm better. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where if you're comparable of the skill level to a guy, like find me another thousand point score in high school, you'll probably say you're better than him. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you've got that competitive pride. Um, some, some games, he just kicks my ass. Like we've probably called every play in the Madden playbook against each other over the past three years. 
And if anybody plays Madden with a friend and you play your friend a lot and you're similar skill, like there's just going to be games where you get got. And after the game, you're like, okay, I know what went wrong, but you know what? Credit to him. He came out with a, ga- a great game plan. Like there's been times where he's, he's kicked my ass and I've been like, bro, you know what? I just got to take my hats off to you, bro. You caught a hell of a game. Like we lost 17-3, couldn't score, great defense. That's kind of what this was. Like Todd Bowles has coached for Andy Reid before. So I think that gave him an advantage. He knows yeah. what Andy likes. He got on the film. He, he was able to figure out different ways. Todd Bowles is also one of, if not the best defensive coordinator in football, which helps a lot. He, he just, he put together a hell of a game plan. And I don't think there's really much from a Kansas City side that you can be pissed about. And I get winning one the year before helps a lot. But like, what if I'm a Kansas City fan, and I kind of was because I had a little bit more money on Kansas City, I think it it, it was it was yeah. three hundred if Can- <laughs> it was three hundred off whatever if Kansas City won, and then I bet Tampa, so it was like two eighty if Tampa won off whatever. So, like, I sat there and watched with Kansas City, and and I reflect on the game afterwards, and they, they, Tampa just played the their best football game at the end of the year. And Kansas City probably should, like, should have cleaned some shit up. Should they have held that much? Should they have gotten called for that many penalties? No. That doesn't change the outcome of the game. It just makes the score look prettier. Yeah. You know what I mean? There, there wasn't much Kansas City could do with four linemen out. And with Tampa, like, I'll talk about Tampa and, and their players in a minute. But the real... Like I, I said, neither quarterback is the reason their team won that game. Brady was the Super Bowl MVP because you had to pick a player and, and you know, yeah, Brady. He's the reason they got there. But Todd Bowles is the reason they won that game. He is the reason. That is one of the – it was a fucking master class. It's one of the better coaching performances you're ever going to see. And you know what? When great coaching and great play aligns, it's very difficult to beat. See New England for the past 20 years. Like, that's just my take on it, man. Like, like, it's okay to just get beat. There doesn't have to be a, oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, they ran two high safeties. They took the deep ball away. Levante David won in man coverage more than he lost. Devin White played phenomenal. Their front four balled the fuck out. And their coverage was amazing. And all. Yeah, I, I I I just think people always like to to just they always try to find find the, the blame game like oh who whose fault it was like it doesn't work like that it's not how any team sport really works it's not whose fault it is the team gets beat it's because the other team put together like you said a better game plan they executed better they they just played a better game they got their fucking shit kicked in it happens. You no know, Buccaneers are kicking everyone's shit in the entire playoff and you know what. I'd rather lose like that than on the one-yard line with an interception. I can say this all the time. You can make your peace in the game. When Malcolm Butler picked off Russell Wilson, you got to go to bed with that shit. You got to live with that shit. Like, if we're going to get beat, just, like, let's get rolled. You know what I mean? Of course, I, I figure if I'm coaching in that situation, probably don't want that. But... It is more stomachable for sure, considering Reed and Mahomes already won one. 
If Mahomes was 0 for 2, it would be hell. But oh, they would they would turn oh him into my a god. pack, baby. Oh my god. Oh my oh. goodness. I don't they would wanna... be blowing. If he didn't have that one ring, they the pack right. would be even right. Up. Especially Come with on. his pro police tweet <laughs> from back in 2011, they Twitter would have not let him see the end of it. Oh my. Yeah, they they turned his wife into yeah, a pack. That that was ugly. That that was ugly. It, it it's yeah. all you can't. It's just tough, man. You can't go after people's spouses. That's like crossing a line. Like, dude, if I'm in a sporting event and you yeah. say something to me about my family, I'm probably gonna punch you in the fucking face. Like, like Tyron Matthew yeah. and Tom Brady. Somebody said something personal to somebody there. That's why they were up in each other's face. And I met like that. Like, mm-hmm. remember when KG told Mello his wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios, and then. Mello showed up outside the Celtics locker room ready to fight KG. Like, that's the type of shit you get. Like, that, there's a line. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you and, don't and say shit like that. Especially not no right. honey nut cheerios, bro. I would kill somebody. Yeah, right. I would kill somebody, bro. And, but oh, the funny yeah, thing is, that's, like, every day on Twitter. Like, if you're getting killed on Twitter, you're getting that. Like, like bro, you got to close your laptop, <laughs> double authentication your passwords, and just go enjoy nature for the next two days. Because there, it is not good for you to read that. Anyway, anyways, you know, you know, sorry, you know sorry. Um, I, you want to talk about the Bucks players? Oh man, I I, I was more. Hmm. I think the one Bucks player that that really stood out the entire playoff run for me was Leonard. Wow. Was, I think this was a big moment, big moment for him, dude. I, I think he was, he was really, you know, what, that's awesome. And, and it's awesome that you say that because I, I, first of all, I definitely agree. This was huge for Leonard Fournette because I watched Leonard Fournette and at times in the playoffs and I'm like, is Leonard Fournette awful? Does he suck? And then you, then you, he, 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 he ran hard, bro. Like, like that that Super Bowl, like I had not seen him run that hard yeah, since. I no, you're so, not lying. They, they, it 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 just felt like he was running for a purpose. Now, like he, like maybe it was in his own mind. Like playing in Jacksonville, that that shit sucks. That that probably is a mental block of somewhat when you know you're playing for something. Worthless. You know you like he said on on TV today. He was like, bro. I'm playing for Tom Brady. Like I'm playing for the bowl. Like I get you to can say, definitely Brady tell Brady had a like, positive impact on Fournette, and that's where I do think Brady is the ultimate winner because like he was he said he was texting Fournette and, and the team we will win every night at exactly eleven o'clock like to get the guys to believe it. Then Fournette said Brady was like breaking down all week with him how the Chiefs are a weak tackling team, and then if Fournette runs hard, he'll be like the difference maker like. Having a guy like that on your team is so invaluable. Just, like, think. Who do you want to play? Do you want to play with the douchebag star who's over in the corner, or do you want to play with the guy who makes you feel like you're important? It's a people thing, too. Right. And the awesome Mm -hmm. thing about you bringing up Fournette, because at times, like I said, I did not think he was very good. And at times, I was very, like, not concerned, but curious as to where all that power went. Like you said, he hasn't really run like he ran in LSU until last night. And like, at times, he does look better on wide zone, almost like a Derrick Henry where he's not as good running in between the tackles as he is outside the tackles because he gets more creative with his body. But you know, the, the thing that I love is when you said, you know who's impressed me for Tampa Bay? I thought of five different guys. 
that's how you know that team was peaking. Like, I, the first guy I thought of was, you know who impressed me last night? I, I thought of Shaq Barrett for last night. Then you said throughout these playoffs, I was yeah. like, oh, Devin White. Because he struggled to start the year and he came on at the end. Dude, Devin White was I, – I don't, I don't know why that wasn't the first name. Devin White, I think, MVP of the defense. You know too. why I disagree? Because I think Levante David has been better. But, like, that goes to show how amazing both of those dudes have been. Devin White and Levante David saw <laughs> yeah. people on Twitter like, do inside linebackers really matter? And they were like, okay, we're each going to take this take and we're just going to shatter it. Those dudes don't miss tackles. They fly all over the field, and they're fucking so good at instinct plays. Like, they had one last night where I think both of them had a play where as soon as they snapped the ball, they beat the runner to the spot. Like, that's unbelievable. Levante David was in man coverage on one of the top five tight ends of all time, and he was winning he was fucking winning. Like, I'm not going to say he was shutting him down because he was targeted 13 times and gave up 60 yards. To do a per play, that's 4.6 yards per play. That's a win for a backer, I think. Especially covering Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. If I told you every time they throw to Travis Kelsey when you're covering him, he averages four yards. That's a fucking win, dude. And that's a backer. That's a that backer. A that's not a safety. That's not a corner. That's a Will Mike backer. Hey, come on, man. He is the most underrated defensive player of the 2010s. Bar none. He has had a phenomenal career. If he had a bigger name, like he was, I don't want to say just as good as Luke Keekley, but he's been like in the Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner tier. And, you know, there might be some people who study inside backers and say Luke Keekley. Like, okay, man. Look, I'm not watching the same tape you are, and you're probably right. But when I think of the best backers in the league, he's always a guy that comes to my mind, and I don't see him get the national recognition that I think he deserves. And, like, let's let's go down the list of dudes last night. Carlton Davis, you never heard his name called. That's one of the best things you can have as a corner. Number 24 for Tampa. Nobody saw him last night. There was no reason to. He was shutting shit down. Sean Murphy Bunting had a pass breakup in the end zone. Mahomes had a, uh, I think it was the play before the Tyreek drop. He had an open guy in the end zone, and Bunting knocked it down. I think it was Byron Pringle again. Um, Jameel Dean almost had a pick six. Like, he was awesome. Jordan Whitehead didn't see him the whole night. That's great. Antoine Winfield Jr. had a pick and gave the cheetah sign to Tyreek? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Who does? He's a rookie. That was, He's that a rookie. Was the best, man. He's when he a rookie, did that, yeah. it was kind of like, oh man, I, like you know, you don't want. I'm I'm mad he got a worth flag, it, man. I'm mad he got a flag for it too. Yeah, I mean, you you have I'm to throw that there, or else he it gets should, out of hand. Man. But like when he did it, I didn't see what he did. I just saw he got called for taunting. And I was like, ah oh, man, that's kind of. And then I saw what he did, and then I thought about. it. I was like, you know, Tyree Kill probably deserves that. Like Tyree Kill is not the model citizen, bro. He he was he. He pieced mm-hmm. him and flipped him mm-hmm. the last. He flipped him the last time. So shout out to he had it coming, Antoine man. Winfield Jr. Phenomenal rookie season. Um, and now again, let's let's talk about the front six because those dudes played some of the best football I've ever seen on that stage. 
Devin White and Levante David were everywhere. Devin White had 12 tackles, two TFLs, and a pick, and I think Levante David was better. That's how good I think Levante David was last night. V to V, lining up at edge rusher, lining up at fucking fullback, lining up and taking the center straight back. Nadama Kungsu, three pressures, one and a half sacks, finally wins the Super Bowl. Shaq Barrett, eight pressures and a sack, six pressures in the first half. JPP, one or two pass knockdowns, couple pressures. Like, every single guy played their best game of the season. You can't ask for – like, it's just phenomenal coaching. It's phenomenal. It's, it's literally, like you said, game plan, execution, Super Bowl. Bro, they, they just won the day. All three – hitting on all cylinders. And that's the beauty, all that's the beauty of team sports, right? Like, why does Tom Brady have to be some Superman guy if his defenses are all like that? And then you can say, well, we'll, we'll talk about Brady, uh, Brady in a minute. But – the offense, Gronk, Gronk almost had 100 yards and three touchdowns. He got tackled by his shoes. He, if he doesn't get tackled by his shoes there, Gronk might be the Super Bowl MVP. He, he is the MVP. I think I, I, this is my theory on, on the, the Super Bowl MVP because I tried to vote on it. I didn't get the vote. You know why? Because the website was crashing. I think they, Gronk got majority of those votes, and there's yeah, no way they're going to well, get Gronk. Here's the thing. The Super Bowl In MVP. a quarterback-driven league – where the quarterback gets the award over Justin Jefferson, who breaks all of Randy Moss's rookie records, like you have to really have a spectacular performance, and to not win it, to I mean Brady threw nine incompletions, was uber efficient, two hundred yards, three touchdowns, protected the ball, he played really well. Um, in order to get that, I, I said to, to my middle brother who called me after the game, we were talking about Gronk, and. Um, he said to me, do you think Gronk was MVP? I go, well, he didn't have the yards. If he had six catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns and Tom Brady had 200 yards, Gronk had half his yards and more of his touchdown. He gets MVP. But the fact that he only had 60, again, if Gronk finishes with six catches for 90 yards and three scores, he's MVP. Those yards and that extra touchdown mattered. Yeah. And, and again, like, in a game like this where clearly the most valuable player wasn't even a player, it was Todd Bowles, I don't mind giving it to Brady because you can't give MVP to Todd Bowles. And like I said at the top, the quarterbacks for these teams are the reasons they got there. And I'll, and I'll touch on that when we talk about Brady in a minute, but I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Man, it – like you said, like just just clicking on on all cylinders, man. Like, uh, it, it, I, I I just can't even find it. It was I was just in all like just a performance, and I just couldn't really believe my eyes because I couldn't believe how bad the Chiefs got beat. Like I I just didn't think it was it was possible. I didn't, I I was going to this this game knowing I was going to be oh this is going to be a great game, you know barn burner. No, just flat out I mean, Tim, ass kicking. They and weren't perfect, to the Buccaneers. but they were damn close. They got stonewalled on fourth and one. That happened. They punted a couple times. That happened. But from the rest of the, like, from the second quarter on, dude, from midway through the second on, as I yawn in the middle of the podcast, like a great podcast host, um, mid-second on, they were, they were flawless. And 
I want to make sure I shout out the Tampa Bay offensive line. Donovan Smith, Allie Marpet, Ryan Jensen, I think his name, I don't know, I'm confusing it with Siani, I'm sorry, to the to the right guard. Um, and Tristan, Tristan Wirfs. Those guys were awesome. They dominated. Brady had the least amount of pressures in a Super Bowl he's ever played with. He's played in 10, by the way. He's pressured on four of 30 pass attempts. That's dominance from the offensive line. That is dominance. Like, Ali Marpet had a, a pull block on the Leonard Fournette touchdown, which was phenomenal. Ryan Jensen, just one of the most physical centers in the league, if not probably the most physical center in the league. Yeah, like 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 Rick Ross said, man, Tom Brady escalade. got by him. Uh, what was it? That escalade. boy in the mud. Escalade. Tom Brady. <laughs> that Tom boy Brady. in the mud. But you got to get that boy escalade. He drew the 15-yard penalty on Chris Jones, which, by the way, was a legit penalty. It's, it's a technique from an offensive lineman. You get real physical at the end of the play because the play is still going on and you finish your block. The play's over. The defensive lineman gets mad. He retaliates. The refs see the retaliation after the whistle. Flag. It's a crafty play. Um, Chris Jones, noted first team, I will punch a motherfucker in the face. Uh, lost is cool there. And, by the way, I love Chris Jones. He's one of my favorite interior D linemen in the league. Um, but he got got on that play. And Tim Bay's offensive line was phenomenal. Uh, I want to talk about one guy in particular, and that's Tristan Wirfs, their rookie right tackle from Iowa. He was the fourth mm-hmm. tackle taken in the draft. Uh, Andrew Thomas went one, who I liked. has had an up-and-down season, but not really had a lot of stability over there to develop. Makai Becton at was the second tackle taken. I think he was eight or nine. Um, stud coming out of Louisville. Stud. Run-blocking mauler. I would argue had the best. He should have made the Pro Bowl. He probably had the best season of the rookies. Yeah, he should have. But that might change in a minute. Jedrick Wills, left tackle for the Browns. It's great this year. But Tristan Wirfs, here's the stat for you. He was in pass protection. 799 times this season, a.k.a. 800 times, he allowed one sack, and I believe that was to Khalil Mack. As a rookie. Stud. Stud. Like, let's just think about all the pieces that came together for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this offseason, other than Brady. They took Wirfs. They traded up for Wirfs, I believe. Uh, I think they traded with San Fran because San Fran traded back to get Kinlaw. Yeah. They added Wirfs, which was much needed. They added Gronk. They added AB. They added Suckup. They added Fournette. I think they, I mean, LaShawn McCoy, Super Bowl hero LaShawn McCoy. Um, and I mean, I'm probably missing somebody else too, man, but just amazing. It was an amazing year for the organization like management coaching especially with the diverse staff Bruce Arians has he's got a record number of black coaches and a record number of women on his staff I believe like it it was just a phenomenal season and do you have anything else you want to say about the Super Bowl or Tampa Bay before we talk about Tom 
So uh, there's a reason I'm talking about Tom Brady last. Because he did not win his team the game. Uh, Shaq Barrett was phenomenal. I mean, I'm just going to say everything I've already said. Gronk was phenomenal. Fournette played well. The line was phenomenal. Every phase of the Buccaneers was phenomenal so that Tom Brady didn't need to be. But you know what Tom Brady is? He's fucking phenomenal. Tampa Bay, where's the stat that I saw? They were something like, can I read the exact thing? Here we go. The Bucks' records the last 10 years. 2011, they were 4-12. 2012, they were 7-9. 2013, they were 4-12. 2014, they were 2-14. 2015, they were 6-9. 2016, they were 9-7. I believe that was with Lovey Smith, and I believe they fired Lovey Smith then. And I also believe I was pretty pissed about that because they fired Lovey Smith for Dirk Coder, I think. 2017, they were 5-11. 2018, they were 5-11. 2019, they were 7-9. Zero playoff appearances, one season above 500 in the past 10 years. This year, they signed Tom Brady. They won 11 games. They won three games on the road. They won a Super Bowl at home. Tom Brady is an institution. Unbelievable. Like, here, I don't want to talk about Tom Brady in this sense, right? I don't want to act like he's the sole reason his team wins games. I don't want to call him the greatest athlete of all time. Because, like, okay, we'll have this. I would say he's the greatest motivator of all time. I think he, he, he's the greatest player to be able to really not, not necessarily elevate his guys with his play, just the way he carries himself and the swagger he brings to the game. I would say that. I'm, it, it's, I it may sound like a ridiculous take, but I think, that, that, I, I think that's what it is. Like, he just has a way to galvanize guys, man. I don't like, think that's ridiculous don't at all. You don't seven if you don't know I, how. I was reading shit all this you week about how. don't get to ten without it. Like, the first thing he asked for when he got there, one, one to Jersey, one any players, one any money, it was, what's the phone numbers of everybody? I want all the coaches' numbers. I want all the players' numbers. They go, he goes up to, like, practice squad guys and tries to, like, make them think he, their job is more important than his. Like, he's just the – he is very Tim Duncan-ish. Like, to me, that's the comparison for Brady's Tim Duncan because – and it doesn't work because you can't compare football and basketball. But I just think of those guys as institutions. Like, they show up. They work the hardest. They're the best player. They get everybody involved. They're great for team camaraderie. Guys love playing with them. They're selfless. And they just do what it takes to win. Like, that, that's the comparison for me. Um, but I just want to make this point real quick because I've been sitting on this because I've been seeing some stupid shit on Twitter. Um, the greatest athlete of all time in terms of person to play a sport, not in terms of athletic ability, in terms of person to play a sport is not a man. Serena Williams is the greatest athlete to ever play a sport. Like, I, I just, I don't, that's not a debate. We're not having this debate. It's Serena Williams. She's won 23 majors. She almost died. She put, uh, like, some suit on and turned into a superhero and won more ma- Like, she is in a world of her own. Um, The greatest athlete, athletic ability of all time, I think personally, I'm going with the Philly guy, Wilt Chamberlain. Um, Tom Brady is neither of those. But what Tom Brady is, 
I, I mean, I don't even know what he is, man. Like, it is like I fawn over the greatness because it, it truly is unprecedented. You, it's unprecedented, and you're no. it's probably not going to be replicated. No, I'd be honest; it's probably not going to be replicated. Like, dude, dude has played. NFL football over three decades is considering playing past the age of 45 and has won four. three Super Bowls oh, no, past no. the I'm age I'm sorry, three past the age of 40, Who I think. That? And then four in between 37 and 43. I, it, it, I, the one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to discredit anybody he's played with. He's played with some great players. He's had the best coach of all time coach him. Uh, he played with some great players in Tampa, had a Hall of Fame coach coach him in Tampa. But there is something to be said about a guy who guarantees you to win 10 games a season. Like, he, he, has he ever won nine games? I, I think 0-2. 0-2, I think they were shitty, which was like his second season as a full starter. Maybe his first season as a full starter. Um, Okay. You've got a 1 in, in 19 chance of missing the playoffs when he starts. You've got a 10 in 19 chance of getting to a Super Bowl. You've got a 7 in 19 chance of winning a Super Bowl. That's dumb. It's just dumb. Like, there, I'm not going to say anything revolutionary here. And I'm not, I don't want to do the thing where it's like, well, luck had nothing to do with it. Oh, no, no, no. He was very lucky in the sense of like injury luck in the sense that his organization was competent. These are, these are things that matter. No one's successful without luck, at least some degree of luck, but to try to attribute all of Tom Brady's greatness to luck, you're just a hater, bro. Like, don't be a hater. Yeah. I've come on. Good. You don't, you don't get to 10 by luck. You don't do what he does. You don't have the stats he does by luck. Dude, that, like, other than LeBron James, no one takes care of his body like Tom Brady. Those are probably the top two athletes that take care of their bodies. But even then, I want to kind of make the point. This is where both of those guys are genetic freaks because there are a lot of guys now who spend a lot of money on their body and they, they don't see the same returns as a Brady or a LeBron. Like, I do think some of it is genetic. Some of it is just ability. You know what I mean? Um, If you say you're taking any quarterback over Tom Brady to win a big game, you're lying to yourself. Um, If you say you you would rather have a quarterback than Tom Brady for your franchise for 20 years, you're lying to yourself. I mean... Yo, before you before you go on, you want to hear something crazy that I heard this morning from Adam Schefter. He said that when Tom Brady became a free agent, you know, he had all that buzz around him. He said only two teams Who's the other one? actually pursued him. It, it the Patriots were gonna let him walk and they knew he was gone. The only other team that, that even tried to pursue him were the Los Angeles Chargers. I, I know no he wanted to go to San Fran. It was Tampa. It was Tampa Bay, Los Angeles. That was it. 
And San San Fran said I Tom Brady it. Tom Brady wanted to go to San Fran. Tom it, San Fran was his top destination. I I don't know if he just wanted to California play Jimmy G too. one more time, dude. But you know, San Fran said San Fran said we're good, dude. We're good. And now you're trying to ship him everywhere. You gotta cut Jimmy G. You could have Tom Brady yeah, it without giving up season, anything though, and they became on a discount. team with injuries, but but in a vacuum, it does yeah, matter. Yeah, it really like, does. The fact that but... you did say, nah, we're good, we'll take Jimmy G, that, that does matter, right? Um, <laughs> but I mean, and I get it, you just got off a Super Bowl. It's the but... Rams theory, right? Like the Rams are looking to upgrade Sam Fran, like, now we're good. <laughs> but the thing I do want to say about Brady, like, I do want to be objective about his greatness. He. He's the greatest football player ever. And I know you can't say that, but he is. Because what is the, like, what's your ultimate goal to play football? It's to win. He's the greatest winner in the sport. I don't get this semantics of, well, he's not the, like, obviously he's not the most talented, but who fucking cares? Like, the most talented quarterback ever could be fucking Jamarcus Russell. Who fucking knows? Who knows who the fucking... Like, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the most talented. You sure, never know. That you can think of. But I'm sure there were a ton of other guys with supreme talent who pissed it away at some point along the line. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's just... Like, I do not like the Miami Heat or the LeBron James Miami Heat growing up. And... Like, something clicked in me when I went to college and, like, got older. It's like, yo, man, you were a hating-ass kid. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I was a hating-ass kid. I'm just going to enjoy this shit. You know, it's like, personally, I think Jordan is the greatest ever. That's because I grew up studying Jordan. Do I give a fuck? Fuck no. LeBron James is the best basketball player I've ever seen in my life. I never saw Michael Jordan play live. And you know what's going to happen in 20, 30 years when someone is just as good as LeBron James, they're going to come along and say he's better than LeBron. And you know what we're going to do? We're all going to say, no fucking way. Dude, you never saw LeBron play. Just like people do with Jordan. Um, this is a different case. Yeah. There are a lot of people who've seen a lot of quarterbacks play football. And Brady has played in a lot of different eras and styles of football. And he's won in all of them. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't know what. Guys, he's the fucking goat. Like, leave it alone, man. He's won. Montana's two, Peyton's three, and whatever. And we'll do we'll do a whole goats pod this off season of different positions and, and things of that nature. But like, can we just appreciate this? Can we just appreciate the stupidity? Of a man getting to 10 Super Bowls and winning seven. Bro, if you have a quarterback win seven Super Bowls on Madden, you're lucky. Like, you have to do multiple franchises to have that happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's if you play in a Hall of Fame. That's what we did, but. I have. But it's still. I'm trying to think of something to say here that's like insightful or anything but there's just like bro it's 
it speaks for itself. It's and the reason I say this is because I do have, I think, deny greatness. Go an ahead. advanced and understanding of football. I don't want to call myself an advanced understanding of football because I'm not in a film room every day. Like coaches, like certain writers, like uh, consultants are. But I, I do think I have a very fundamental grasp of this shit. And what people, like, if you shit on Tom Brady for making the open throw or for making a check at the line of scrimmage or for, like, you just don't understand the sport. Like, I hate to break it to you, but if, if you deny Brady as the GOAT, you just don't understand his value to the sport. Like, he's pumping up Leonard Fournette, who... Like, I don't think people understand the mental states of athletes is so important. Like, having confidence for an athlete is so important. And he's a guy who inspires that in his teammate. That's huge for a leader. But at any position, right? That's a great quality. He understands the game Absolutely. as well as Peyton Manning. He's making checks at the line. He's basically an offensive coordinator on the field. Very few quarterbacks ever reach that status. Like, Manning, Rodgers... Favre wasn't, but Manning, Rodgers, Brady, probably Montana. But there's a very select few that reach that cerebral status and understanding of the game like that. It, it, that's not that's not the discredit Byron Lethbridge in any way, by the way. I just want to say like, that's, a, that's a testament to his offensive IQ. I think Byron Lethbridge has done a phenomenal job this, this season, and he's not gotten enough credit for the job he's done. Um, he should at least get a fucking interview yeah. Like, my God. He should be a coach, too. Yeah. You're not wrong. But the checks he makes, no, the, the way the he puts guys in positions, day. the way guys love to play with them, like, it, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I got nothing else to say. He's the greatest winner I've seen in my lifetime. In team sports, in team sports, in team sports, in team sports, don't fucking yell at me. I already said Serena's the GOAT. So, that's all I got, man. Tom Brady has won seven Super Bowls. And with that, the 2020 NFL season comes to an end. Um, you're a fucking sicko. And it's my favorite part of the year. Tom this man. guy's a draft Twitter. Draft Twitter <laughs> sicko. <laughs> Oh man! But dude. first, but first, hey. a word from our sponsor. I'm just ready for the Eagles to break my heart again. We don't have just... a sponsor. I just wanted to break up the pot. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I'm ready. It's just, I think it's gonna be a real interesting draft. I feel like a lot of high variance, a lot of different scenarios can go down, especially with a lot the a lot of the QB. Uh, movement. I feel like the trademark and free agency is really going to really set the table. The, the thing that I don't because envy about I'm you kind of mocking all this right now is, first of all, mock, so. I've always been shit at mocks because I don't think like most GMs. For example, I would have called Tom Brady case one. Um, case two, I would have had Earl Thomas on my team this year. I mean... There's just, I don't take firemen in the first round. I'm not going to pass on DK Metcalf. I'm not going to draft a speedster over Justin Jefferson. Like I don't think 
like an idiot. I actually study the game. Uh, my thoughts on the game don't come from a place of nepotism. So that's why I'm confident in my ability to do those jobs and make those selections. Also, because like, I also know when someone's smarter than me and to listen to the smart guy. And if I've got 10 smart people in my ear saying, hey, you know, it's Justin Jefferson kid. Kind of fucking amazing. I think I'm going to take fucking Justin Jefferson and not try to be a galaxy brain nerd. But the thing I don't envy about you in mock drafts is there are so many variables outside of the idiocy of GMs, right? Like the Falcons are going to be a, a nightmare to mock because they could trade back. They could take something. We don't know what they're going to take. They got a bunch of needs. Like, good luck. Um, but speaking of major dominoes, major dominoes include exactly. one, Carson Wentz, who Shefty has reported trade is imminent. Uh, thoughts to have been from the Bears and the Colts. Hopefully we'll know in the next few days, and I guess that's why you're going to have 19 versions of your mock. But another domino could be uh, Sam Darnold, who's rumored to be asking for, or the Jets are rumored to be asking for a late first. Um, don't know who would pay that. Um, yeah. But we'll see. With all that said, do you want to dive into your first mock? Yeah, and like you said, when when I when I make these, I I'd like to use my own assessment, but at the same time, I kind of want to dive in to the mindset of what that GM would really do based on past draft and what I see. Pretty Not much. Justin Fields. So the first pick, oh. obviously, I think Jacksonville's going to go with Trevor Lawrence. There goes you're, the agenda. You know, no, you're you're not. They're, they're not going to do that. You know. Um, Urban Meyer smarter than that. If you don't take Trevor Lawrence with that pick, you're on the hot seat already. Like, if that pick doesn't work out, you're an idiot. Like, you're an idiot of the year. Like, because you're you're talking about like I like I'm not a, a draft expert or you know some some McShay ass motherfucker. But you know if motherfuckers are saying he's the best, QB it's kind of like a win win as a GM, right? Like, I think you, like. Part of me always has this theory as a GM that you're almost picking as much to PR as you are to build your team because, like, if if you view it pessimistically, which I don't think most GMs do, and I wouldn't advise that to be your GM strategy, if I take Trevor Lawrence and he's a bust, well, everyone would have taken Trevor Lawrence. Like, that, that's the obvious thing. Like, if I take Justin Jefferson and he's a bust, well, everyone would have taken Justin Jefferson there. Exactly. If I take Jalen Rieker and he's a bust – they might call for my butt on the wall. Anyways, here's the first enigma pick. What do you have the Jets doing at two? I, I have the I have the Jets going quarterback. I, I even before the the Sam Darnold reports really came out, I thought they're going to move on from from like I've heard every GM. Every coach say, "Oh, we we love our the quarterback we got here." Josh Rosen got the same treatment, and he was shipped out exponentially. Like he he was gone. So I think they go Zach Wilson here. Uh, just some, I think probably a more natural fit for the system coming in. So why and would I, you say? I think Donald and just needs a reset button. As well. We talked about this um, Wilson getting bumped into QB two territory way back when, and we're gonna keep bringing this up because we did call that. Why do you think Wilson? He's the guy at two. Is it like 
he obviously has the media hype pushing around him, but it's 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 the throws he 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 makes he has made on film that that really sparks people's eyes. It's those Mahomes Rogers esque throws where he's really off platform and he's chucking that shit fifty yards. Like mind you, way bigger windows in the competition he's playing than the NFL. And but I, I think the that. question here and is like Fields just wasn't this guy does have special talent, but are the Jets the organization to get him right? And you know, is that a question about Bob Sala? Because I like Sala. I like that he's bringing Lafleur in to coach the offense. I like that some of the guys he's bringing in. So it might be a good system. They might just get their guy right away. I think it makes sense, right? New coach, quarterback right away. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 typically from, from what I've seen in past drafts, when you have a new regime really come into to a front office, they're gonna wanna sure. start over and start fresh with their guys. They're not gonna win with yep. With the past, unless so, unless it's, how much it's, do you think it goes like into like an Aaron Rodgers? Okay, like, you know we've what I got mean? pick two. If we take Sewell and run with Becton and Sewell, we'll roll Darnold back one year, and then maybe next year if Darnold pans out, we could take Howell or uh, Slovis or uh, who's a fucking dude? It's next year's uh, Spencer Rattler might be eligible next year, maybe. Um, I'm just I'm just throwing names out there, but like, how much of it do you think they're like we would rather have Zach yeah. Wilson over a number one of the or any of a number of those guys? Well, yeah, obviously that's that's a question, and um, another thing would would is a is the turning points like where do you think you'll be with Sam Darnold if you think about starting Sam Darnold and you're like, oh, I'm going to be at the top of the draft again, then what's the point of even... Yeah, and you can probably maximize your value for Darnold now versus later. Now you pick that too. Right, right. Exactly. Um, If you even have the thinking that he's going to pick that I do not envy you for, the Miami Dolphins who could do a number of things. I I I I've been back and forth on on Chase and Sewell for them, but I really just think they go get a dynamic I do receiver. Think it's bad. I, the offensive I do. line is bad. Based on what I've read, I think that line is bad. The only caveat against but, Sewell, I think, would be the fact that they spent an early pick on uh, Aldrich Jackson, the left tackle from USC last year, who I believe is twenty one. Um, so he's a real young developmental type guy. Um, the thing, the thing that's tough, and Jamar Chase, let's be clear, is needed for this team, right? Like, they need playmaking desperately. But it's the old, can you get a receiver in the second round and Sewell now, and you plug your stalwart anchor into your line. So, that said, um... I'm interested to see the the revised versions of the mock. You're, you're gonna have a hundred fucking versions of what Miami does at three by the time this is done. Um, what? Yeah. Lot, what do the Falcons do, do at four? I, with this first one, I wouldn't chase. Well, you know, we we were talking about this before. I think maybe outside the pod, I can't even remember at this point. But um, I agree with that. 
Now, the Falcons are really in a position where they have a lot of holes to fill. And at the position they're, they're taking a quarterback this year doesn't make sense because you still got a lot of money attached to that line. Um, you definitely should probably go defense. So I had them trading back mm. a quarterback needy division rival in which Carolina sends them oh. pick, pick eight, uh, 2022 first, a 2023 first, and a 2021-4 for Atlanta's number four overall and a 2021 fifth. Okay. And so I have here's Carolina where I'm challenge. Panthers taking Justin Fields. Um, number one, do you think they get that much going four to eight? I I mean, with my trades, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more like a, a I'm just kind of like throwing things together. What it may look like, it may it may probably be a little less. I may have given up, may have to give up more. I don't know mm-hmm. how the Panthers are going to value that pick, but since it is to a division rival, I feel like they're probably going to up the price a little bit. If it if it really came down right. to that, I feel like the Panthers would probably want to try to trade up to three. And I, I the think Dolphins, they would. I think they would be more likely to trade with the Dolphins if Wilson pick. falls to two. Uh, if Sewell does go at two, or you get some crazy shit like Devonta Smith going at two, like I, I could really see them starting to trade yeah. up then there. Um, like because I, I do think that package would get pick two. Um. Why would they trade with Atlanta at four? Would it be against another bidder trying to trade up with four? Or would it be against Atlanta themselves who could take a quarterback at four? Because since he's not taking one at five, Philly's probably not taking one at six, and Detroit's probably not taking one at seven. Um, yeah, not necessarily, but you want to jump ahead of you know, as guys who are Broncos may to think trade about it. Four. Um, you know, 49ers, right? Always a okay. dark horse team to trade up in this draft, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, as you said, Falcons could take Justin Fields, a hometown guy, but I don't think you know, I think I do agree with that with Atlanta. I don't think they not would yet. take a quarterback just because of the amount of money they got tied to Matt Ryan. But if there's one thing this offseason is proving is that teams are starting to give less of a shit about money they owe to players. Um, I, I think yeah, prospect yeah, matters, though. So. And I think Carolina is definitely in the market for a quarterback given that they've dangled eight for several guys. Um, wouldn't it be amazing if they traded for once? Um, I just – I wonder if – Fields would be the guy they would give that up. I could almost see them I wish. trying to give I, – I would see them giving up something like that for Watson before they would do that for Fields. Like, don't – do you yeah. think Fields is worth that? I can that? see that. I can Are see you, that. Again, this is why I don't envy you as a mock drafter. I I, I – I I think when you when you look at Fields, he was QB two for almost a year before you know Zach Wilson even came on the scene, and then he had those two real bad games where he he showed some of his flaws. But I think that performance, that Clemson performance, you know, got him back up there. You know, a, a decent pro day puts him easily top five, and 
I feel like if if the Panthers don't trade up for a quarterback, they're not going to get one of the top three because I don't see Lance really getting by them. And then I don't – would they settle on Matt Jones? I don't Is know. it wrong that I, I don't, don't I don't love... think you settle on Matt Jones. Like, I don't hate Matt Jones. I, I, just... I hate Matt Jones too, but, like, you know, apparently done... – the exercise before you and me and we'll do it more in in detail later on when I've got the exact stats in front of me but like most quarterbacks most of these quarterbacks are probably going to end up as busts um but you have to take the shot man I don't fucking know it's just tough don't don't hey, think about it. Think about it. The Bears traded up a thirty-five minute riff to go up against Mitch Trubisky. The fucking Bears. <laughs> um, no oh, man. Like Fields, Mac. I would almost rather like not. I would personally. I'm not the mock drafter, but this is what I would do again, which is why I don't envy you because of all the predicting you have to do for these teams. I would rather have Trey Lance at eight. And trade up for Fields or Mac Jones. Like if I'm if I'm really like gonna roll the dice, let me roll the dice. I'm gonna roll with the the super raw prospects, put them in a system, and try to get the most out of them. I like that. You know, getting late in the draft, the mock, you know, I, I think you're going to like it. If you, you might have like Kyle Trask ball. going to the Eagles at six, I like it. I'm yeah. driving to your house. I'm sucking shit out of you. Um, number five, <laughs> dare I guess who this might be to the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals, given that he's still on the board. You, you know it. You know, Panay Sewell falls to the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I thought about, you know, a trade-up for them at this point, but now I really think about it. They're, they're just safe to sit, sit at five because if Sewell drops them, they get them. If they really want to go tackle, Rashawn Slater is going to be there. And then, I think know, they trade up with Miami for them, three. I don't really see them not grabbing Jamar Chase. I think they, they do something like that. But, I, like, there's another one. Like, Miami's line sucks, too. So I don't fucking know. I don't know what these fucking dudes are thinking. This is not – I hate this shit. This would give me – dude, I would have, like, like mock anxiety, like, playing chess against myself trying to figure <laughs> this shit out. Oh, my God. I mean, if Cincinnati gets sued, they win the draft. That's the best player who's not a quarter – who's not Trevor Lawrence to the team that most needs him. I mean, I don't, I don't have, mu- I don't have much to say about it. I just think it's a great pick. It'd be yeah, fantastic for Cincinnati if it happens. Uh, if Sewell falls to five, uh, three GMs need to be charged with war crimes, and that's that's my take on it. Um, the Detroit Lions pick at seven. I don't. No, no, no. The Detroit Lions pick at seven. The D, the the Bengals pick at five and the Lions uh, pick at seven. Nah, nah you, you skipped a pick. <laughs> you skipped a pick, man. 
food picks yep. at six. Yep. But um, for the people, you know, I'm okay. I'm gonna trigger okay. a, a couple people Good. here, probably a lot of people. But you guys, the Philadelphia Eagles pick up six. So um, sorry, my 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 fellow Philadelphians, to break it to you, don't be surprised if this happens draft night. Um, you know, Wentz is gone. He's gonna be gone. Oh my god! It's as simple as that. Do I really think oh my they, they picked Jalen Hurts to be a replacement? Absolutely not. This this year was a fucking botch. It was absolutely horrid. And if you think Howie Roseman's going to pick in the top ten with a pretty oh, no. pretty big, you know, pretty well well received QB class. You best believe the Philadelphia Eagles are going to take one. And with the sixth pick, they take another South uh, North Dakota State quarterback in training. Okay, so boom. So this is what I this is what I appreciate Don't be about being. I hate fans. I hate He's the pick just just, just as much preparing as you, yourself for trauma. Um, I I do I hate the pick. Aside from yes, don't be surprised. Um, I, uh, um, like I said, bro, new coach, new system. Okay. I'm calling the Eagles Jim Tom Sula Jr. Um, this guy's before. not lasting more than two years. That's my take. What am I basing that on? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like he's not lasting more than two years. Um, he looked like he just got out of the gym for his press conference. Um, he didn't really do shit for the Colts. Oh, but Andy Reid didn't do shit. Uh, well, neither did Jim Tom Sula. And, uh, Jim Tom Sula got canned after one year. Um. I'm glad you did this. The Eagles are a dumpster fire, dude, but it, it's what a dumpster fire franchise pick looks like because you have to start over at some point. And if you truly believe Jalen Hurts I... is, is, the, is the guy, you go Rashawn Slater, you go Devontae Smith, or you, you take a, a defensive player. But I don't think Howie Rosen's fully sold on Jalen Hurts because, frankly, he picked Jalen Hurts to be Jason, Black Jason. Jason Tatum. Taysom fucking Hill. And he's a second-round pick to get Taysom Hill. I take offense to that. Not even, because he, Taysom Hill's a better athlete. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback. It, it's, it's just facts, man. It, 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 it sucks. But it, it, it was just the 2020 draft will ever go down in infamy as the worst Eagles draft ever. Like, never. That was just, <sighs> bro. Man, pick Jalen Rager, and then Jalen Hurts, bro. I thought over two. I like Jalen Hurts. Struck out twice. He went off the bat and went over two, bro. What's wrong with Jalen Hurts? Bro, 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 bro. bro. Ah, bro. I was bro. defending Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I'm talking about at the time, bro. You I'm just gave down. another quarterback. I'm doubling <laughs> down. Give me Jalen. Oh man, man, you now got me going. You got me going. Yeah. 
I don't know. Why? Why Eagles, do we need Trey Lance? Eagles show Trey Lance. Trey Lance. I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at the at the, the void. Athletic. Because you don't want Trey Lance. More, more. The void. He's he's just a better. I I don't want Trey Lance, but I'm in the and I'm just in the reality. If, that if I ran Eagles, me, that Carson I think that killed a little piece of me because but it's kind of true. That's neither here nor there. Um, as much as Wentz has been shit, it's hard to believe that he could still be an MVP. But again, it's hard to believe that we didn't take yeah. DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson. So there's that. Um, they probably are going to take QB. The reason I don't think they will, though, is because they hired Jalen Hurts' college boy to be QB coach. Yeah. Hey man, nothing they did makes sense this all season. We yeah. they hired Frank Wright's boy, and we oh. thought they were going to revive Carson. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a trade. Um, he's a trade away I from do, being gone. Reason, <laughs> I, I I do advocate for not QB, and I feel like this is a good conversation to have. Real just real quick is um like Jalen Hurts is a young talent, and the team needs young talent, and there's other places where you can put young talent. I would not want Rashawn Slater at six. I do you think Rashawn Slater will be a good pro? I don't want him at six. Um, I'd be thrilled with Devonta, uh, Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, hell, Pat Sertain. I, w- I think I would even like Parsons better than mm, – would I like Parsons better than Slater? I don't know. But <sighs> we're going to take, like, Christian Darisol or some stupid shit. That's what we're going to fucking do. I'm going to lose my mind. Um, No, I'm not entertaining that. Rondell Moore. Next pick. Break Detroit Lions. Who are they picking? <laughs> if he's there, if he's there, I think they have to. They're going to lose Marvin Jones. They're picking They've a high no trophy receivers. winner, baby. Yeah. Devontae Smith. Is it weird that I think yeah. that's it? Oddly, a fantastic fit for him. I, He's just I the number one guy to get peppered with, with targets. Ball. Plays yeah. with TJ Hawkinson. I don't hate that. Like, I actually kind of love that for Devonta Smith. Yeah. 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 Uh, end of take. Good. Devonta Smith, good. Lions, good fit. Now, I think it's a good fit. Number eight is Atlanta now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, you know, I originally wanted to go edge with with Atlanta, but I feel like they would have to. I thought well, it was Atlanta. I want to trade did down you again. Shea and Kuyper were talking about Parsons can do some edge rushing stuff. I, I got him going with Kai Parsons because to take versatility. Yeah, that's and that's why I took him because he's probably the most versatile defender at the end of. In a front seven type of setting, mm-hmm. you know he can he can line up inside. He can go middle a little bit. Um, if you really turn on the tape, he really really dominated pick. that. Uh, Just like best player available it, type that shit. Memphis I, game off the edge. You know he really. I wonder that if they game would up. take Farley or Sertain, just because their secondary does need improvement over. Their uh, inside backers because Deion Jones and Fuyasadi Olakun have just been phenomenal, but like. They do need talent, you know what I mean? And then, who's nine to Denver? 
Uh, nine in Denver. I, I, that's where I have Sertain going. Um, and Denver, you know, Denver usually always has. You know, you're playing Patrick Mahomes two corner. times a year. You might Whether as well have Khalid someone to, or some lockdown some of his or Champ Bailey. Who was the other corner across to leave all those years in Denver? Chris Harris. Yeah, good pick. Number ten. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, why? When they have Lael Collins, who's a uh, top 10 right tackle, and Tyron Smith, to who's a Dallas top three Cowboys. left tackle and help it. Is this like a, a you're worried um, if Tyron I mean, Smith might retire? Just like adds Travis, Travis more depth to the position, obviously. Um, one of the better. Exactly, and and he has some you know position, you know versatility. He can he can play guard, so um, adding protection for Dak Prescott. You know, I think they I think they would take Caleb important. Farley above. I Slater. originally had I think them Jerry Jones Caleb Farley. I think in. if Sertan but drops, we'll see here, they're take based him. on uh, what Dak um, does. Like if they don't bring Dak but, back, I could see them flipping it, but. Oh, again, yeah. I don't envy you. Number 11. My mom's a Giants fan, guys. Uh, you're not going to like jokes. Well, I think your mom would like this one. Got Jalen Waddle going to the New York football Giants. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, dude. Uh I think one of the most dynamic players in the draft. Would they take a receiver? Um, would Gettleman take? I really receiver? think he could fall, but I I don't think he gets past the Giants. I love had a, a guy like this, you know, legit. And then, yeah, I and then I thought about Caleb Farley here yeah, because I, you know the Giants, uh, especially. Joe Judge is a like I know, get you've got uh, Belichick guy, Slayton, I get guys, you got like, Shepard, I get you got Golden Tate. Get a real number one in there, like man. This. Anyway, love the pick. I love that's probably my favorite pick so far, honestly. Other than Sewell, for obvious reasons, because he's Sewell. Like I like Sewell, I like Sertain. But Waddle, Waddle's, I, I love that fit for him. Who do you got? Twelve. And that, and then twelve. I got. Caleb Farley coming off the oh, yeah. board to the San Francisco 49ers. They're not going to re-sign Richard Sherman, obviously. You know, got some some holes I mean, to fill that's at, two at picks in a row that I think so to start that out only makes sense, but Caleb their Farley fan base should 12. be cheering that's, if they happen. You know, that, that's, that's great. Like, that's grade A type shit. Just, I know you can't grade draft on draft day, but that's just really good shit to me. 13? Um, don't know a ton about Darisol. Christian Darisol. I do know is the Chargers the need Los Angeles Chargers. Need big time line help. Um, protecting your franchise guy is oh. the most oh. important part. Um, we've got some of the weapons. Probably going to go out and get more. I've, I've been hearing Juju Smith Schuster to the Chargers. Yeah. This, nah. The streets is talking, but nah. um, you know, if Darius is there, they'll probably take him. Fun in, in the I thought about they picks here, Henry. but 
They're all in the know, I think it's more important to address that line. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? They're just running two tight ends. I thought about Pitts from 49ers, too. That'd be an interesting fit. Kittle and Pitts with be, Debo Samuel and Ayuk. Talk about positionless football. Uh, 14, Minnesota. Who we got? <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I got them taking Quinny Pay, uh, Edge Rush of uh, Michigan. Uh, they need some, some line help, man. Not only can come off the edge, he got some inside versatility. So you can line him up multiple. Can I tell you positions. why I think that makes a lot of sense? Uh, I think he's because the most NFL ready. The, the Yannick the experiment. So like they clearly went out 14, and I they tried to get Daniel Hunter some help on the edge after Everson Griffin left into uh, washed retirement, aka die on the Cowboys, die on the Lions. Um, and then they flipped the Yannick away for whatever reason, but that move showed they were looking for an edge rusher and. To have the ability to take what you said would be the most NFL-ready edge rusher, I think just totally makes sense. I, I really like that pick because I, I think that could definitely be something they go forward with. They could also take a corner because they were talking uh, in the Justin Jefferson video about how they were looking at some corners. Who knows? Let's see. I think Quiddy Pay or J.C. Horn would be the guy there. 15... 50- I do too. Big physical guy. Um, yeah. J- the Patriots at 15. I wonder who you have them taking. I really like JC. Real physical guy. No murders. Last tight end they took from Florida. You know, the, the tight end tight factory end, gets no another murders. one. Kyle Pitts. Actually, multiple murders. Um, I, read, tight end. I like, I like, yeah. Is <laughs> <laughs> a non murderer. Um, but uh, Kyle Pitts, I I would argue maybe maybe the best player in the draft by my I I am a little I have my bias, but I I just think he's the most versatile offensive weapon in the draft lineup. For the record, wide I'm out, not saying that because tight end, he run blocks, dude, just a, a physical freak. Like, I think that's that's one of those guys. Good. Yeah, just. Just a great pick. If if he falls to yep. New England, yep. they should be happy. Um, the only other pick, the only other pick I thought about was JC. Could do Horn, it though. And BB then does Mac Saban. Jones, but you know Mac Jones there. But Pitts is one of those guys. Not Mac Jones. Like yeah. like you said, stud player, man. Anybody who takes him, no matter what your team yeah. setup is, you got to be thrilled. To me, I haven't watched as much of him as you have. He just looks like baby Darren Waller. He's like, I would say that, but I would even say he's, uh, he's a, uh, a more smoother uh, athlete. Like he kind of like kind of has I mean, like, fuck, that tos to him. I wouldn't be mad at tight I, w- I personally, scary. I know a lot of people would be. I wouldn't be mad if the Eagles took him at six because I like Kyle Pitts. But I said that about Jalen Hurts, and here we are. Um, pick seventeen to the Arizona Cardinals, who as of today. Patrick Peterson and the Arizona Cardinals have agreed to a divorce. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals get the house. Peterson gets the get- no. Peterson is leaving Arizona on a mutual agreement.
makes total sense to me. And I don't know what else they would said, do. Like, they they've bring got in their own Moore, issues, obviously. Cornerback from South Carolina. Sounds like a good enough pick. We, we both just raved about J.C. Horn for like 30 seconds, so. Yeah, and and the only the only thing else I really see them doing at sixteen is if Pitts or a Waddle still on the board and they want to. Now, what the go fuck are the Raiders going to do at seventeen? But other than that, they I think they go corner. Oh, the Raiders are going to get the the highest. The, I would be say Who the is biggest riser in the draft so far, Jalen Phillips. Um, other edge rusher from Miami AMC goes before his teammate Russo. Um, the line has not been yeah. held, and he is um, crashing. Dude, he, yeah, yeah. But uh, Phillips, Phillips, you no, know, he really impressed on tape. You know, people are no. loving him. Yeah, you know, the Raiders had the worst pass rush in the league. Uh, penalties, penalties is out. Out. Chiefs got a uh, call for their highest penalty total that game. But found a way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Want to beat the Chiefs? Got them commit penalties. Yeah. But, yeah, um, Jalen Phillips, super riser. I've read a few. I had, like, just learned about this dude in the past week or so. He's rising faster than Dogecoin. Jalen Doge Phillips. Trying to give the uh, Raiders some the edge rush help they <laughs> so all. desperately need. <laughs> Maybe what I would suggest the Raiders do at pick seventeen is they should trade it to Seattle and get a real edge rusher like Jamal Adams. Uh the Colts pick at eighteen. <laughs> yeah, chill, <laughs> chill. Mm. Um, the Colts picking at eighteen is actually a trade up. With Miami, and Miami sends them 18, and in exchange, Indy gives them pick 21, uh, 2022 Why second, and a 2021 third. And with that pick, they take Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama. Love it. Love it. I think it makes total uh, sense. Mac Jones will uh, not make it past the Washington at football least the team. Trade up. Um, whether I agree on them taking Mac Jones, Mac Jones to that team is another thing. I do think for him to be oh, voice crack, holy Moses. Um, but yeah, I, I think Indy is one of those rare spots where uh, you don't think they're going to roll Jacob Eason, do you? They took Jacob Eason. Okay, okay, just 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 checking, just checking, just checking. Um, I almost said Maga Jake from. But no, no. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say the things that Jake Fromms has said. Uh, but let's just say, jeez, uh, <laughs> Jake Fromm. I would not be surprised if he. I'm not going to say it. Um, I let's just say what I was going to say involved. Uh, okay, how do I say this <laughs> without getting sued? Um. Let's just say the things Jake Fromm said would align with a certain group of people who broke into a certain building on a certain Wednesday in January that may or may not have been the Capitol building. Um, Going forward with the Colts, 
I think the Colts are a rare circumstance where whatever quarterback they bring in, they're in a very unique situation where they might just be good no matter who they bring in. Like Philip Rivers' arm was dead. Philip Rivers' arm was dead. But having a young guy like Mac Jones or with Frank Reich in an offense that has a great line, a good running back, and decent enough weapons, that's a good spot. I can't say it. Like, I don't know if I love Mac Jones. I don't hate Mac Jones, but I can see him in Indy. Uh, 19, the Washington, not Redskins, but football team. Yeah, I, I think it's a good fit. Why? I got the Washington football team taking Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the Eagles will. Not many quarterbacks left at all. You know, you're not going to take – not going to take – Kyle Trask at 19 at all, but what you can do is, well, maybe, uh, but what you can do is getting a know, true slot add, with Bateman more, more dynamic uh, to, to offense. So whoever you do bring in is going to have some playmakers. I want Terry McLaurin to change the jersey number from 17 to 11 so we can call him Terry Mack 11. going to be a, a very good duo. Cool. Very scary duo. Um, but yeah, I, I think getting getting another weapon there makes total sense because, like, te- it was Terry McLaurin and Logan letter. Thomas who's a converted quarterback. They were, and, and JD McKissick, I guess, at the end there. But they they were the bulk of the weapons there. The other thing I could see them doing is maybe getting a tackle, but I don't know their tackle situation as well as I should. At least not off the top of my head. I actually probably do know their tackle situation. I know they got Morgan Moses at right tackle. Can't remember who their left tackle is, but it's probably someone obvious who I'm just not realizing. Um, but yeah, I, I think adding a slot receiver with a pedigree of Bateman to your offense is never a losing situation. And maybe he's like A.J. Brown, who was projected to be only a slot guy who just fucking dominates on the outside now. But that said... What's going on at 20? Is that the Eagles pick? Is that the Bears pick? Um, Another trigger warning, but uh, no. If, if there's any Bears fans listening, honestly. But with the 20th pick, the Chicago Bears send it to the Philadelphia Eagles – um, they're sending pick 20, Foles, I don't think Cordell would, Patterson, I don't think they would do a in exchange for Carson Wentz, Wentz in the 2022 second. I think they're going to get more. And with that said. Okay, okay. But. Maybe, but. You know, You've got the fucking nerve to tell me. With that pick. That they would the take Eagles Tadarius Tony, but not Kyle Trask. Uh, they're not going to reunite the Florida Tiberius boys. Tony. I think if we come away with Trey Lance and Kadarius Tony, no, then I don't really know the my cholesterol. For the memes, (laughs) that's a that's a win for me. How to to if it's gonna be a restart, a restart. Who that's a win to me. 
Yeah, and I'm gonna go right out the away. fucking door because you, I'm gonna get a Tom Brady jersey. That's the gonna fuck go. I'll do. I don't gotta put up with this you know bullshit. Go. I put a hundred dollars on Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl. Fuck it. It probably is gonna hit. <laughs> no Guess who's a Tampa fan? I'm not putting up with this bullshit. <laughs> you think I'm gonna sit here and watch not DK Metcalf, not Justin Jefferson, and yeah. not Devontae Smith slash Javar Chase catch passes? Is that what you think I'm gonna do? You think I'm gonna sit here and watch a team that could have Jamar Chase slash Devonta Smith, DK Metcalf, and Justin Jefferson catch passes and watch all of those guys who are not those guys catch passes, I'll tell you absolutely what the fuck I'm not going to do is do that. Here's a trigger warning for you. Trigger that. Fucking tell me about being triggered. Get me away from a keyboard. Lock my Twitter app. I should have fucking skipped this pick. I should have gone right to 21 and knew you would have this fucking pick trade. Hey, hey, Who the fuck is picking 21? I said trigger warning. And, uh. ah, I'm not done with this shit. No. <laughs> Dude. I, like, I'm done. I'm done. Um, I'm done. Go to, yeah, go Dolphins to, back on the board. Get, 21. get this shit. Keep this shit moving. <laughs> fucking ass of <laughs> Alright, uh, we pick 21. First of all, um, phenomenal the name kind of surprising people when they, they go linebacker and they give Jeremiah well, Caramoa. You know, best available player. That was awesome. Um, it is. <laughs> but, um, you know, this dude's a that is the shortest and thing. He definitely can, is a coverage he can, guy. I actually follow a lot of guys down you know, very athletic. Backers, and he said the so, glaring you know, thing about him is he can't get off the block. This year. So I'd be interested to see, number one, like, do you move him to do some safety action with him? Because he's a light guy, too, and he's only like 210, 215. Oh, I'm just spitballing here. Hey, I, I think he has that position versatility, man. I I, I wouldn't not try it. I was about to say, use think about the way because they're sure not using. Think about the way Seattle uses. They gave up two first round picks for your favorite edge rusher. That guy not covering nobody. (laughs) He could. I'm not even gonna get into it. I was gonna say he couldn't cover an overdue bar tab, but um, uh, didn't say that. That's what I was going to say. Um, but yeah, this guy, he's an interesting dude. He's the, uh, wow. not an edge rusher that you're giving up two first round picks for that can't cover anyone, but a linebacker that could potentially play safety, but is not great at, uh, getting off blocks. The reason safety could be interesting though, is because one of their starting safeties is, uh, Philadelphia Eagles legend, Eric Rowe. But that's enough about Jamal Adams. Uh, pick 22. Hmm. Another team that could use some edge rush. Side note, I do want to make a side note real quick while I do remember this. So the Falcons uh, hired Arthur Smith, who was the Titans offensive coordinator. Um, Why is this relevant? Because his dad is the CEO of FedEx and he's worth $5 billion. He's also worth more than the Falcons. His dad is worth more than the Falcons owner. Just wanted to put that in there just in case you uh, people go to sleep at night thinking hard work is what determines your role in life. Um, But as a defensive coordinator, he did hire Dean Pease, who was the former Titans defensive coordinator, guy he worked with. 
Why this matters <laughs> is two seasons ago, Dean Pease was the – two seasons ago and prior, he was a defense coordinator for the Titans. They had an above-league average defense, and they're actually pretty good in a lot of different categories. I don't have the stats in front of you guys. I'm not going to tell you some fake shit, but I know they were really good with Dean Pease. This year when Dean Pease left, they were the worst team in the league against play action, which really matters when the league is turning into a play action league. So Dean Pease to Atlanta, shout out to JB and all the Atlanta boys. Uh, you got a great defensive coordinator coming, and the Titans probably got to turn some shit up on that uh, defensive side, fellas. So getting old uh, Greg Rousseau, Greg AMC Rousseau, I don't hate it. Put him with Harold Landry, who maybe will figure out how to rush the pass. I'm not going to slander Harold Landry like that. That was uncalled for. But they have uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who solid enough player. Um, Harold, Harold Landry has the potential to be as good of an edge rusher as Jamal Adams. Um, and, and I think adding Greg Rousseau to that mix, like Greg Rousseau to me is a guy that if he goes to a good team with a good culture and a good infrastructure and a good development player development system, he'll work. And I think Tennessee fits that. Pick 23. Jets again? Yep, and from, you know, that Jamal Adams trade, the Jets are now picking at 23. This I just want to say. And with that 23rd um, pick, they take the LSU. There's tweets of me calling Terrence Jamal Martin Adams Jean. a future Hall of Famer. Um, they exist in this moment. They're not going to exist after this episode. Uh, I don't know why I said it. Uh, clearly, clearly didn't watch enough Jamal Adams, or maybe just didn't pay enough attention to Jamal <laughs> Adams in coverage. Um, could he be a future Hall of Famer? Sure. I don't want that on my record anymore. Um, maybe they'll trade Terrace Marshall in two years, three years, for two more first-round picks, and they'll have picks over players, and Terrace Marshall will go somewhere and have ten and a half sacks but only catch five pass. Okay. Um, seriously, I like Terrace Marshall of the Jets. I think Terrace Marshall is big physical guy, probably the most physical receiver in the draft, yeah? Yeah, easily. And, and like, he's not slow. Like, people think he's a little slow. He's not slow. He got, he got some, like, sneaky speed. And he was, like, that third, that, that ugly duckling, you know, with, with uh, chasing I love Jefferson him. that I championship love year. So There's nothing get a lot wrong of, with an LSU player praise, unless but, it's from okay. – you know, uh, Definitely going to be, like, one of the more, more slept on. 24 – I was not going to say Jamal Adams, by the way. But do love Terrace Marshall. <laughs> Pick 24. But um, pick twenty four. No, they don't deserve the to get their name teams. right. They got God beat damn, by. They Pittsburgh got slapped by a team with a fucking intern as a head coach. They're the Pittsburgh whatever you just called them. They're the Pittsburgh football team. You've been relegated to Washington yeah, status. They're... <laughs> he moved the hey, owner. Man, of, my buddy moved the owner. Yeah, I, I moved his house. He's going. Yeah, bro. That... Art Rooney Jr.'s brother? Art Rooney Jr. Not third? Art Rooney Jr.'s brother, but he lives in Alvin. I don't know his name, but we'll call him Art Rooney Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the man's yeah. name. Just, I, called him, I called him Mr. Rooney. He had a, he wow. had a lot of stupid fucking That's a humble flex. His house was big as fuck. Tell his football um, team to learn how to not get beat but, by coaching uh, but, interns. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 
you know, his football team is going to take a Speaking lot. Speaking of the Steelers, did you know I read an article this week about Cordell Stewart that alleged that there were rumors going around in the late – not alleged, it actually happened. There were rumors going around in the late 90s asserting that Cordell Stewart was gay and, like, culture at the time wasn't really that great. And, like, people in Pittsburgh started calling Cordell Stewart all types of names and, like, yelling at him. It's just fucking wild time. But, uh, yeah, who'd they pick? Oh, sorry. Um, Elijah there talking. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Their, their center's retiring. Got to get younger. Uh, yeah. I I could I could actually see Vera Tucker going a little earlier than this. I don't know if he's going to be on the board for the Steelers to even pick another another guy that's rising. Okay, that makes sense because of the, um, the versatility. Where I will challenge you but, is with the guy I, I do love. Why him over Creed Humphrey? Really? Uh, dude, Creed Humphrey's dropping. I don't I don't know why, but fuck yeah, Eric McCoy from the Steelers. Second second like second I love Creed right Humphrey in the second round. I love that guy, man. Barrett Tucker with the versatility, huh? I, that's another guy I'm, I'm really getting acclimated to. I have not um, known as much about him until recently. So, very interesting that you have him on 24. Basically, like, when I read your mocks, I'm like, okay, I need to go, like, read and watch this dude. And when I say watch this dude, can I just say something to just the people who might be listening to this? If you tell me you watch this guy and you send me a fucking eight-minute YouTube cut-up, I'm blocking you. I don't care what platform you send it to me to. If you send it, I blocked one of my uncles for, <laughs> for sending me a, a JJR Sega Whiteside college uh, highlight cut up and telling me he's gonna no, no. If you send me a YouTube highlight collage of a fucking player, you're blocked. Um, shout out to Vera Tucker though. Again, I I gotta go watch some of these guys like for real in my spare time. Uh, don't really have much of that anymore, but I'll think I'll figure out some time. Uh, interesting pick. I like it. Pick 25. Who we got? Uh, pick 25. Um, got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Jalen Mayfield. I'm, I, I, I guess. I, I, I can see why people like him. That's what I want to ask you. No, I'm a Michigan guy. I was not did impressed he play with a lot anything this year? Michigan did. So it was just hard to watch Michigan games. He, if he played, he might have opted out after a couple games. Because I right, know Quiddy right. Pay not, like, mopped out after he got a couple sacks. And was like, all right, I'm, I'm good. But um, no, I didn't I didn't enjoy Michigan football this year. And I didn't didn't really feel like following it. No, they won that first game at, at Minnesota. You just got to blame it off like everything else. And then they look like you know, shit. Can't, can't do anything about it. Almost lost to Rutgers. All right, COVID. I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had COVID in, in 2018, too. Fucking 2017. I watched all those Michigan and Rutgers game. COVID. The full game. Um, don't ask me why. Don't ask me how. There were circumstances in my day that led me up to watching that. Um, Rutgers had more home fans. This is this is a true stat. Rutgers had more home fans during that COVID game than they had home fans last year with no COVID. Uh, they had two fans there. Jesus, bro. Uh, I don't know. Just felt like I needed to take that shot at Rutgers. Oh, uh, I don't really know why. Oh, I know why. Greg Schiano. I hate Greg Schiano. Fuck Greg Schiano. That's why. <laughs> I like I like you know I knew I, that came into my brain. It's like when I fucking hate Tony Dungy. Like I fucking hate Tony Dungy. Um, 
why? I always forget why, but I always do remember it's like a good. I think he was like anti-cap and he's like pro-gay conversion therapy. So Tony Dungy's like a real like fucking character who I not a fan of, but he did win a Super Bowl. So hats off to that achievement. But all the other shit, yeah, fuck you, Tony Dungy. If if that's if what I'm remembering <laughs> is true, if it, what I'm not remembering is true, apologies, to Tony Dungy. But not like apologies for getting the reason I hate him wrong. But I do hate him, and I do know there's a good reason for it. Um, that said, fuck Greg Schiano. Um, yeah, I think that's enough stray bullets for that. Twenty six. I love that pick. Dude. That's my favorite. The pick. Browns taking I Xavier love Collins. that pick. Holy shit! I love that pick. Um, yeah, I'm going to make a team. comparison need a lot of help that I just, I have no basis for. Um, I actually watched Zayvon Collins's bowl game, believe it or not. I believe he played in the Idaho potato bowl and I'm pretty sure I watched the Idaho potato bowl and I bet the over on the Idaho potato bowl and I won money on the Idaho potato bowl. And the reason was because I was bored, but I did get to see Zayvon Collins play. And he, he won the Buckus Award this year, didn't he? Isn't he another guy that's got some inside outside versatility? He did. He was the best runner in college football. I did see him. Like, that kind of reminds me of like a mm-hmm. Donta Hightower. That's the comparison I wanted to make but that I shouldn't make because I've not watched enough of either player in college to make that uh, assumption. But what I do know is I did love Donta Hightower coming out. Donta Hightower remains one of my favorite players. And... Donta Hightower, despite yeah. being an inside linebacker, another one of the most underrated players in the past decade, um, has some pass rush ability as a bigger guy. So that's where I kind of get the uh, – that's the guy I think of when I think of Zayvon Collins. Um, again, don't listen to me. I have no foundation in saying that. I could be 112% wrong, and I probably am. But that's just where, how I think of it. Uh, Cleveland's defense outside of Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward does need a lot of help. And I think bringing in a, a, a guy with pedigree, like accomplishments in college as Zayvon Collins, as talented as Zayvon Collins, and as versatile as Zayvon Collins, is a phenomenal pick for that team. Pick 27. Pick 27. I got the division rivals, Baltimore. Ravens, my favorite love player in the draft. Love them. Um, and Aziz I love the pick because I think a free agent. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. They're, they're going to lose at least someone on that D-line. And this dude. I like your bottom Great fit for that defense. And I watched him wreck a game. I, he dominated. Dude, I like your he, bottom He dominated that, that sugar boy. This is, this is awesome. Zayden Collins, Aziz Jalari, like. I love that dude, man. I he to me looks like a fantastic speed rusher. His hands are so quick. He's got such a quick get off. Uh, I don't know about his bend. I'll have to take a look at his bend more. Um, bend in an edge rusher is very important. That's why a guy like Jadavion Clowney always is uh, a top guy in pressures. Same with Brandon Graham. Um, Jadavion Clowney and Brandon Graham are really good at pressuring the quarterback, but not really good at finishing because they're not bendy athletes. Like, they can beat a lineman, but they can't bend and keep their balance enough to tackle the quarterback. Mm-hmm. They kind of just get enough to the quarterback to pressure him. So, 
just wanted to give the people a little lesson on bend about an hour and fucking 20 minutes into this podcast, but, um, or two hours and 20 minutes at this point, Jesus Christ. Uh, love pick <laughs> back to back home runs. I would say for those franchises and by home runs, I mean, players I like, because I don't know. I'm not McShay. I'm not hyper, but anyways, pick 28. Uh, pick 28, I got them taking – take the – fuck, dude. I got oh. the New Orleans Saints to replace Drew Brees at quarterback. <laughs> yeah. But uh, with this pick, I just I just went best available. You know, that defense is already dominant. Um, the defense is getting older. Um, adding young talent is always, always a key. Uh, in terms of quarterback – I think they're going to roll with Winston. I, th- I think they're going to wise up, you know. Start the black UV. You, you did the Taysom Hill experiment, and it didn't look good. So, just, yep. Um, and just continue to build that defense because, you know, that defense stays stays together. Can You're I still tell you another reason why I love that NFC. Barmore pick, aside from the fact that I love Barmore? Um, a very similar – no, not similar at all. Maybe somewhere. I don't fucking know, dude. I don't watch. I don't watch these late round guys in college enough. Um, Sheldon Rankins was a uh, a guy coming out of Louisville, the interior D line who was a pretty good pass rusher, and Barmore. I, this is the comparison, I guess. Barmore is another D tackle that is a better pass rusher than run stopper. I, I would say. Um, love Barmore and Sheldon Rankins is a free agent. So yep. if the Saints are looking to uh, replace that interior pressure presence, I do love the Barmore pick, uh, mainly because I do love Barmore. But yeah, dude, another another outstanding back to back just fucking nailed it. Yannick's yeah. leave and replace him with Ojolari. Rankins leave and replace him with Barmore. You're in your fucking bag. And and this next dude is the guy I've been waiting on. Who is the pick at 29? Yeah. 29. No, going to steal and get Alex Leatherwood, man. You know, you, you got Bakhtari going down. You know, you're never going to know when you're going to get him back. You know, you bring a guy in like Leatherwood, you know, best, best lineman in college football this year. Um, um, another guy that allegedly yeah, has just, some positional versatility. Guy. All the offensive line guys I've been seeing say – you want to keep him as a tackle, though. Um, I love Leatherwood personally. I would, like, I don't know if I would take Leatherwood over Slater, but I'd surely think about it. I would take Leatherwood as high as. Let me look at this. I would take Leatherwood over Darisol, and like that's just me personally, right? I would take Leatherwood over Darisol. I think Leatherwood is a stud. Mm-hmm. I fucking love him. I, I just don't have enough good things to say about that guy. He's just a fucking baller. Like, that's all I have to say. Very rare player. You know what I mean? Four, year, four years, Bama? Not three years? Four years? Yeah. Um, four years at Bama. Just mm-hmm. going through the yep. gauntlet every day in practice. A Nick Saban favorite. I love him. I love his style of play. I actually have watched him a lot, so I can say this, because I, I think I did watch every Alabama game the past two years. Just, again, I can't say enough great things about that guy. I would be thrilled if the Eagles traded down and ended up with him. Um, pick 30.
pick 30, I got the Buffalo Bills going with Joseph Asai, Edge, Texas. You know, another guy that can go pretty early, you know, depending on how you you rank these edge rushers. But, you know, it's a deep uh, edge class. And, you know, getting, you think getting it's a, a guy like Osai. Fun fact, 30, I've never seen Joseph Osai play football. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Greg Schiano and Jamal Adams just teamed up to put a hit on our audio. Um, <laughs> you would compare Joseph Osai to who? I would, I would kind of, kind of physically compare him to to kind of Phillips. You know, same type of player, but I would say Phillips is a little more dynamic. But you know, great player. Um, I will say, not quite as electric as a. Uh, Jalen Doge Phillips. Um, the reason I say that is because I made a Doge correlation with Jalen Phillips, and I've never seen Joseph Osai play. Um, another guy I'm going to have to check out. Don't know shit about him, but uh, I do know the Bills probably could use an upgraded edge because I think they're going to lose Trent Murphy, who's one of their edge rush rotation players. Um, pick 31. Uh, I think this is another... If this happens, you have to – if you're this fan base, you have to cheer and just streak. Yeah. Um, with 31st pick, Kansas City Chiefs get Wyatt Davis. I think that's your favorite player in this draft. One of them. He's like – if I had a board, he's probably in my top 20 of just guys that I love. Just because I've seen them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I like guys that I've watched play. I'm not – again, I leave all the college football shit to you. I'm busy losing money on the NFL. Not really. <laughs> Not really. I fucking killed it this year. Um, but don't tell, don't tell Jamal Adams. He's going to rob me and beat me up. Uh, yeah. Tell me about the Chiefs and Wyatt Davis. Um, like we mentioned earlier in the pod, man, that, that offensive line just got beat up. You know, adding depth to it is just more important. The most important thing this offseason. Adding a young um, cornerstone, too. Yeah, you know, you can't have your, your guy running for his life on the biggest stage like that again. Can't happen. How do you feel about Wyatt Davis versus Trey Smith and Deontay Brown, who are two of my other favorite players in the draft? Trey Smith, I think, has a, probably has the most upsides out of all uh, of them. I would man. agree with that. I, he might, he's probably my actual favorite player in the draft. But you no, know, didn't Davis have that that injury too? He did. Do we ever do we ever figure out what that was? I I never figured it out. But I know he wasn't able to come back in, but I never got any any word on it. Didn't really check up either. Probably should have. But well, that's why we have the internet. Tell me some more things about why Davis while I Google this. Tell me why he's gonna be great in Kansas City. Um, another guy with uh, position versatility. You know, big physical guy. You know, good feet. Um. No, just a good prospect. Oh, my fucking goodness. Ohio, first headline, Ohio State's Wyatt Davis suffles. Suffles? Well, fry my ass up. Um, Ohio State's Wyatt Davis suffers awful lower body injury. Jesus Christmas. What? Hang on. He declared for the draft um, 27 days ago. Uh... First time, knee issues. Are we going to tell me anything here? Well, he was seen with crutches. He does have knee issues. That might be enough to put Deontay Brown above him for me. 
just in like my personal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the knee issues do scare me. Like I'm more scared of chronic shit instead of one-time stuff. Yeah. And it, he, it does appear that he has had multiple knee things. And they said this is not the first time. So that does scare me a little bit. And I wonder if he is going to fall because of it. Yeah. But yeah, definitely something to monitor. And maybe you see your boy Tucker keep rising above him because of that. Yeah. They both have that versatility and Tucker does not have the knee issues. Who knows? But anyways, take us home with the last pick from the, the Super last, Bowl champions. The last pick, um, you know, I had a little fun with this. Uh, I, I didn't really know where the Bucks would go. I mean, they could go receiver. They could go offensive line again. But um, after having a pretty big playoff, I think I think Lenny's going to go get paid somewhere. You know, he got his mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, you know, might as well replace him with probably the most dynamic running back in this draft, you know, Travis Etienne from Clemson. So I think if that happens, you can just book the repeat because EDN gives Brady what he actually didn't have this year, which was a check down back. EDN is like probably the best receiving back in this draft. He's just Najee, like, Najee, Najee Harris and him are close. Receiving? Close. Receiving wise? I'm just saying overall. Oh, overall. Overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, overall. Not I receiving. Want, overall, I won't debate you. And I could see Najee Harris go before him. But I'm talking specifically with the ability to catch the ball and in pass protection. I think EDN would. Like, I think it would have a bigger impact on the Bucks' offense than Clyde Edwards Hilaire had on the Chiefs' offense, if that makes sense. Because yeah, how many I, swing I passes did we see running backs for Tampa drop this year? You know what I mean? It gives Brady a safety valve, assuming he can come in and be effective. Um, so with that said, first round is done. Um, I don't – I'm not going to pressure you to do a fucking three-round mock draft. That would be fucking insane to do on a podcast. But – Yeah. Um, who – let's do this. Who are your championship games for next year as of February 8th? 2021. Who's the NFC champ game? NFC champ game is Rams Buccaneers at Tampa Bay. I agree. And with then that. I agree with that. That's what I would have said. You know what? I think you're gonna like this one. I think the AFC championship is going to be the Miami Dolphins oh! at the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, are they getting Deshaun? I think even without Deshaun Watson, dude, that defense wow. is ready. Wow. I think with another year, I, I, dude, that's my dark horse dude. team, Miami Dolphins. You better hope people stop listening after the audio because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Bill's Mafia is going to find your fuck. They're going to find you. Did I, I haven't <laughs> said this. Bill, Bill's Mafia found me. I hated Josh Allen. I made fun of Josh Allen. I had a I had a big joke. I I said Stephon Diggs is the only receiver in NFL history to beg to get traded to go play with a better quarterback and get traded to a team with a worse quarterback. Meaning I said Josh Allen was worse <laughs> than Kirk Cousins. And, and they came for you. At, uh, well, to be fair to me, at the time it was true. To be fair to Josh and the Bills, that is no longer true. And <laughs> oh, they let me hear it. Um I loved it. It was one of the more fun Twitter interactions I've ever had. Uh, I enjoy 
finding old things that I, I just say that were delusional and wrong. I, I don't have an ego of like, well, I'll have you know 95% of my sports tweets. Tend to, like, no, dude, I'm just fucking guessing. I, I think my guesses are good. I think my be- guesses are better than JJR Sega Whiteside. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you find it. Like, Cam found an old tweet today of me saying, Carson Wentz is just like Johnny Manziel, except he's tall, has a big arm, can throw deep, is not an alcoholic, is good, and has talent. Um, whether all of those things hold up over time is uh, – I mean, I don't think that was a, a bad statement. No, it was in 2017. He was going to win the MVP, and then he blew his leg out. Um, maybe that's why. But, yeah, we don't know if Carson Wentz will become an alcoholic. No. Um, I, th- I still think he's talented. Uh, not very good at the moment. But anyway, back to Bill's Mafia. Uh, those guys are great. Don't let them hear that you picked the Dolphins to uh, enter the thing, or they're going to find you and be like, you said this, you know that, right? And you're just going to have to sit there and be like, yeah, I said it. And you just have to retweet and joke with them. Like, yeah, if- nothing I can do to change it now, bro. Oh, well, I'm going to go on the time sheet. Like, oh, sorry, Bill. Like, I, I should have picked y'all. No, I'm just gonna fucking roll with my team. Is it wrong every but, time I hear Time Machine? I think of Hot Tub Time Machine, the movie. No, because it was a funny ass movie. I came out when we were in middle school, dude. We had no business watching that movie, but at hilarious all. movie, Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> I want to know. Okay, getting back on track here. Shout out to Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, let me give some life advice to people to close us out here, and then I'll have you bring us home because you're just gonna bring us home now because we've shown that. Uh, in the fourth quarter, I turn into Drew Brees. Um, <laughs> that's not I, that, on the football field, not off. The, well, I guess he did do some good work off the field, but he did do that thing over the summer that led to my favorite video of the past year when Ed Reed got on YouTube and was like, or maybe it was IG Live, and he was like, Drew Brees, you's a sucker, Drew Brees. <laughs> you's a real sucker. I just thought that was fucking. Do you know how awesome it is to be called a soccer? Like that's the worst thing you could call. Like imagine, imagine somebody talking. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah. Were you and your nah, family? Just, you a soccer? I, I just don't think it's. It, I, it's something. It's just something about Florida people just snapping in general. Just Florida people are just special. Rick Ross, like all of them. Any Listen, Kodak Black, bless all Florida some people. Of the, Lamar Jackson. No, Kodak Black's a piece of shit. Fuck Kodak Black. <laughs> it's like yeah. Don't bit that. Kodak Black promo over here. Um, no, but the one thing is, though, that region of the country has got some of the best accents in human history. Like, Gucci Mane, Gucci has a great accent. Rick Ross, great accent. You just get a bunch of great, like, Randy Moss isn't from down there, but he's, I mean, he's from West Virginia. But great accent. Like, those, Ed Reed, great accent. You just get a lot of great accent. I feel like that's how English is meant to be spoken. Like, sometimes I listen to Gucci Mane talk. I'm like, man, that voice is so cool. Bro, you go down south. Like, my, when my brother was down in Mississippi, they hear you talk, like, the way we talk. They're going to make fun of you, bro. Oh, yeah. They, 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 oh, they're, yeah. Like, they're like, they're like, why do you say liquor like that? They're like, liquor. They're making fun oh, of me. Dude, I was dude, like, oh, shit. You got to be careful. That sounded very close to a word that would get me in trouble. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like uh, it's like that Jamaican video you sent me the other day where, the, where they were making fun of that guy for saying almond milk. <laughs> oh, yeah. He said, you want almond milk? <laughs> that was pretty great. 
that's pretty great. Because I, I know a few Jamaicans up at college. There's like a, a group of them, and they're, they're actually like not parents, but they're actually Jamaican. Some of the funniest people I've ever met, man. They used to roast the shit out of me. It was hilarious. Like, why, why, why are your skin so white? I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Listen, I, I do not do good with anything under SPF fifty. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It's a hard knock life. Second whitest man in the world, skin wise. Anyways, to close the podcast, let me give everybody a uh, little bit of words of wisdom here. If you get got on Twitter, as far as like somebody brings up your old take, do not tweet through it. Do not fight back. You need to laugh or you will cry later. Because it's a merciless world out there. And by world, I mean Twitter. Uh, There is nowhere to run. And there's nowhere to hide. And if you do deactivate or you do block, you can never come back. Um, I wouldn't wish that on anybody because I think Twitter's a wonderful hellscape. Like the Wild West, that was one thing. The, the Wild West doesn't have shit on Twitter. Kill Bill wouldn't make it two days on Twitter. Um, I, I don't <laughs> know if I just made a correct reference or an incorrect reference. I know nothing about Wild West stuff at all. But um, yeah, just own it. Don't take yourself too seriously. Laugh it off. Um, get your closing thought in and bring us home. Um, you know, uh, like you said, don't take Twitter too serious. Um, that shit would just ruin your fucking day sometimes, you know. People want to argue with you, let them argue. Just let them be stupid. You just, you know, just do your thing. Laugh it off because Twitter's fun, bro. It's, it's a wonderful place. It's it's fun. It's a wonderful place if you don't take it too serious. Until you, you know, get you take it too serious. Yeah, you take it too serious. You know, start doing wild shit. You are gonna get bullied and stupid shit's gonna happen. Wait, but you know, I have a quote to bring us home on. I think I might actually be able to close the pot. Drew Brees won a Super Bowl in time too. Dave, it's like the great Dave Chappelle said: everything is funny until it happens to you. Yep. And with that, we're f- we should just cut the audio there. God damn, bring us home. Fucked it up. You know, um, you know, like my good brother said, you know, fuck, what did you say? I don't even know. What oh, are we doing right Lord. Now? Cut, oh, cut Lord. Cut the mic. Cut the audio. We're out. It's fucking, we're the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, That's the Atlanta Falcons of endings. 28 to 3. We'll catch you next time. Good God. Oh, my.